Hello, everyone. Welcome. I'm Albert Bell. And I'm Rico Wieland. And welcome to our second episode of the podcast, talking about our histories, why we got into magic, and also what inspired us to start Invisible Practice. Of course, you already heard a bit of it on the past episode, but we invite all of you on a journey and a conversation about magic. So please hold on and enjoy the episode. That's it. So I have the first question for you. Mm. And this question is very, very easy to make it. I don't know if it's going to be easy to, to answer the question. Mm. And it is simple. Is who is Rico Veyland? What the fuck, man? This is, you just say it's a simple question. This is like, Avro, I have a simple question for you. What is magic? something interesting yeah right it's it's, it's very it's <clears throat> in some way it's a very easy question to answer because you can just say who is Rico Veyland well he's um he's a guy that enjoys to read about psychology and about about philosophy and mythology and at the same time he is I guess a bit social he is loves music loves to make music and practice magic and for some reason a lot of people like him <laughs> um but on the other hand, Rico Veyland is also someone that on the outside might appear to be very happy very often, but can be very annoyed or sad, but doesn't show it, show it that much. And it's also someone that on some days doesn't want to have sophisticated talks at all and just wants to drink or smoke weed or do bad things. And on some days is a very straight arrow and wants to just like be productive all day. Um, so it's a very difficult question to answer. And also, <clears throat> I mean, I'm very into Jungian psychology and you can also say, well, who is he? That's a different scenario with everything. Am I at work? Then I might be a completely different person than when I'm at home or when I'm with my girlfriend or when I'm talking to you through a podcast. And of course I'm giving you an authentic version unfiltered of myself. At least that's what I'm trying to give you. But in one way or another, that still depends on the social boundaries that we're in. So, very difficult question to answer. Yeah, I can imagine. But with this information, with this info, what do you think you can offer to invisible practice community? <clears throat> because, because if you compare, you know the different huge companies that we have in in magic market you know online magic market we have like we we, we can have in ma mind you know like different names you know of big well, look, brands like and for some for some reason like with a lot of things i keep my opinions to myself right unless someone is interested in that like if someone is interested in union psychology and the shadow and those kind of things i'll have a conversation with you about that same goes about religion or about what is God, what does God mean, or about health or what you should eat and how much you should exercise and that you shouldn't exercise too much because on paper it looks like a good idea, but in reality you're going to burn yourself out. And if you do that, you're actually going to be worse off and in worse shape than if you wouldn't exercise at all. Um, but for some reason in magic, I have a very strong opinion. And I have a lot of knowledge and I was lucky enough to read the right books, meet the right people on the right times, which have 
taught me how to think about magic and have made me ask myself the right questions about magic. What do I, what kind of magician do I want to be? What kind of magic do I enjoy? What's important for magic? And because I had those opportunities and those peoples, and because I was just a very lucky individual who also, for some reason, has a very strong opinion about magic and is very good in making connections and interpreting information in my own way, which luckily for me, people seem to enjoy the way I interpret information. Um, I was just thinking, you know what, this, this doesn't feel right. It's, we're looking at, at an art, an art form. And if I look at the desire of a lot of magicians, their desire is purely to get better. And the magic market plays on this. They say, well, what do people want? They want to be better magicians. They want to get great reactions from people. So we're going to sell this to them. We're going to sell them the idea that if you buy this trick or this thing, you're going to get these reactions. They're selling you reactions. They're not really selling you a trick. That's also why, on, why videos work so great to sell something. Because on the video, you can see people go crazy and jumping around and going like, oh my God, what the fuck? You know, and you just freaking run around and you think, awesome, I want that. I want to go up to someone and make them react like that. But, but that's not the case. It's not going to be um, make you a better magician because in the end, I could show you a coin finish, get that reaction, but I could also show you a coin finish and get, get the reaction that you have the most magical experience in your life but this is not something you can force on someone it's depending on how they feel the day how they're communicating with you but also at the same time who you are as a person what kind of depth is there to you and how can you you know what how do you come across as a person because you can show two people the exact same trick except better exact same script except phrasing even and they will have different reactions to that trick just because the person that's doing it is a different kind of person and there's some non-verbal contact, which is different. So in some way, it's never the same, right? And we're reacting to the person behind it. So I guess I had that realization and I just have strong opinion about it. And I see there are some things wrong with the magic market and either people don't say it or they're afraid to say it. And I think we should just stop doing that, get our shit together and focus on what's really important. I mean, if you want to buy new tricks and that's where joy lays for you and you enjoy buying new tricks, finding these little secrets, and that's fun for you, by all means do that, right? But at the same time, we're selling the idea that this is going to make you a better magician. And that's simply not true. And I don't think people should be going for that. Well, that's... Well, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, but this is, I think it defines your your present, right? Uh, but what about your future? Where would you like to go, and where do you think you are going? Because sometimes you know mm -hmm. we have a plan, and what we have on on mind, you know, sometimes is different. Mm -hmm to the things that we really do in the in in real life. So where would you like to go? Um, where do you think you are going? Well, I always find that a difficult question to answer, you know, because on the one hand, when I also, when I as an example, when I was younger, I read about professional magicians, right? And I was really obsessed with Fernand. And I also read that Fernand also was sometimes, he wasn't a magician, he was a silhouette artist. And I also asked myself the question as I started to perform more, some, some things became less joyful and some performances just sucked, you know? And that's, of course, that's part of it. I mean, also, even if you work a job that you really enjoy, some days are just work. You just have to work. So even then I thought I want to be a professional magician one day and I still want to be a professional magician one day or 
um, work in magic, do something with magic. But even when I really was focused on being a professional magician, I had thought, you know, is this, is this the right path? Is this going to be a good thing to do? Am I not making a wrong choice? And would it not be more enjoyable for me to just practice magic and work a 40-hour job per week? Um, I still don't know. It really torched me a lot to answer, to ask those questions to myself because, you know, um, who are you? What, what are you going to do? But the answer in the end for me was still, I don't know. I, I can only know what I want now and what I aim to do. And I'll just see in the future how this changes. But one thing that I know is I enjoy performing. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy performing on the stage or in a parlor situation or in a close-up scenario where I have a table. I enjoy that more than going from table to table and having to go to people. Um, I mean, I also enjoy that, but but I just like it more to bring a message across to people rather than to... Um, I have to go to people and do interruption magic. Go, that's a concept that Jared, something how Jared Cuff and John Wilson, I heard first of them say, they say interruption magic. You just come to a table and you say, hey guys, I'm more interesting than all of you. Let me show you this thing with cards. Um, I would rather have people come to me and tell them a story and have them come with me through an experience and change someone and show them something meaningful then I can make this card jump to my pocket I mean that's cool as fuck especially if they don't know how you did it and if you can bring it in an entertaining way that's cool nothing wrong with that but I would rather give someone a meaningful experience so I mean if I look at where I want to go I would want to have my own parlor show or my own close-up show and make money make a living doing that at the same time, I also really enjoy teaching people. I think there's something profoundly valuable in learning something, experiencing something, and sharing your experience with those people and to try to see <clears throat> where you can help them with your experience. And again, they're my gift for being good in making connections comes into play because I can see you're struggling with this. I am this problem. I read this, so maybe this would work for you. Um, so I guess that's the only thing I know. I know I want to, I enjoy performing like the way I told you, and I know I enjoy teaching and, um, yeah, that's why in physical practice, I enjoy sharing my knowledge and teaching with people. And also it helps me to become a better performer, you know, like also people have to realize what we're doing here. Yeah. It's not set in stone, you know, it's not like we're saying this to you now. So this is the reality. This is the word of God. Invisible practice is the magic God. Don't you get this wrong? If you don't do what we say, you're making it, you're sinning, you're making a mistake, you're going to magic hell. No, no, no. It's like we're just two individuals with an opinion about magic. And even our opinions don't always match, which I'm really glad they don't. Because uh, otherwise this would be boring as fuck conversations. <laughs> Hey, Rico 2, do you enjoy this? Yeah, Rico 2. Yeah, Rico 1, it's really nice. Oh, yeah, right? I think this and this. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, no. <laughs> um, that would suck, <clears throat> you know? So I would, I would much rather just share those opinions with you and still have everyone realize they are just opinions. They can change. They're what I see in magic. But of course, I'm going to always tell them to you in the form of an Instagram post or a podcast as the truth, because I want to make you think and inspire you that maybe there's a better way or maybe this and this can happen. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie. Well, I think uh, these questions were the, the three that I really wanted to, to make you. I, I have some more. 
Mm. But, but I, I don't know if but you have some go, questions let's related go, let's to Let's go to you first, man. What's your, uh, what's your first experience of magic? Well, I have like many different experiences, you know, when, when I was you know, maybe five or, mm. or something like that. And then when I was eight and then... Were they good? But I, sorry? Were they good? Yeah. Well, actually, one of the first ones was with my grandpa's brother. Mm. And we were at my grandparents. And uh, my grandpa's uh, brother, um, he was putting a coin on his on his arm like this, mm. you know? And the coin, and the coin vanished, mm. you know? And, and we were, like, completely shocked, like... What is going on here? You know, what the duck? <laughs> crack, crack. You know, it was like, <laughs> and um, yeah, and my my grandpa's uh, brother, he he was looking at my sister, one of my sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, he was you know completely shocked, and he was pointing at my sister's ear. Mm. And he uh, he just uh, took the coin from her ear, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it can be possible, you know. It can be possible. So I was pretty young, and, and I remember when, when my when my dad took us from from my grandparents. Um, well, before uh, my uh, my grandpa uh, my grandpa um, brother explained me the methods, you know, uh, mm-hmm. step by step, everything with the with the details, you know, now you have to do here, you have to hide the coin, right there, when they, when they are looking at the table, you have to, mm-hmm. so everything. So then when my, my father was at home, I asked him, hey, can you, can you show to my, to my, uh, to my dad, you know, the miracle of the coin? And he was performing and I was trying to, to, to follow my, yeah, no. Now the, he's, he's hiding the coin, and now he's pointing at this place, and the coin is going to be the, so. And after this experience, mm-hmm. I felt the same, you know. I felt like everything was like exploding inside of me, you know, and uh, it was very, very powerful. And um, what I thought it was like there were like different TV shows about mm-hmm. magic in Spain because. Since we have Juan Tamaris and other magicians like Pepe Carroll, they they got like very famous in in Spain. Or uh, Anthony Blake, a mentalist. Or I think you're really lucky with that. That in in yeah. Spain is actually one of the few countries where the magicians who are on TV are also the ones that are actually really good. Yeah, yeah. Actually, for example, Ascani had you know in the in the nineties, you know, like a couple of of appearances on on TV. Mm-hmm. He was performing like really good magic as well, so he was well known locally in Madrid. But mm-hmm. but yeah, so at this moment, you know, magic was quite uh, popular. So m- many people was uh, were trying to invite other magicians on uh, to TV. So they mm-hmm. were like a lot of pretenders. Do you know Yuri Geller? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so he had a, a moment on his m- magic career. Where he used to say like things like I I I really have magic powers, you know. I know he used to he used to claim he could really do those things. And then I so, believe there was even one commercial, one TV show where someone told him that's bullshit. I think it was uh, James Randi who told the show it's bullshit. He can really do it. 
just give him this, 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 and this, and he won't be able to do it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The thing is, um, when my my grandpa's uh, brother explained me the the thing, you know, the miracle mm -hmm. of the coin, you know, I understood. You know, I was pretty young, but I understood that I really needed to to show everyone. You know, like it was completely different. I didn't try to 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 fool anyone. I was trying to to do something else. You know, and it was inside me since I was, you know, uh, very young, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I realized later, you know, when I was, you know, maybe 15 or something like that, that they were like other magicians talking about the theory of without secret, we, we wouldn't have magic because... So did, did, did anything change for you after finding out the secret? Like, did you get a new appreciation for it at that age? <laughs> yeah, because secrets are valuable. And when, when you have a secret, you know, you... you you have something, you know, and there's there's an idea that that blew my mind. That blew my mind. Sorry, uh, mm. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to explain myself in a proper way, but but, but I'm gonna try it. Okay. Mm. So when you have a secret, and this secret is actually a secret for other people, you don't have anything. Mm. Yeah. But Actually, you have something, and actually, you have more than <laughs> than the rest, <laughs> you know. So, mm. so the thing is, you have like an invisible thing. It isn't. It isn't something invisible. It's like you have something that the rest of them. But but the thing is, it isn't like well, the rest know that you have something, but they don't know what 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 it is exists. yeah so this is even more powerful you know What's so you can play with this sorry you can play with these three statements like mm -hmm. the secrets you know and in the middle when they know you have a secret but they don't know anything related to the secret mm -hmm. when you have a secret but they don't know you have a secret mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, when you have a secret and maybe they cannot something about the secret but they don't they don't they don't really know for example when you do a poker uh, demonstration you know and you show uh, for example the deals part uh, but, but they are they don't know anything about the stacking mm -hmm. or, or whatever you know so yeah go go, go with yeah it. but that's the same thing like i realized a few years ago that even <clears throat> we as magicians we learn techniques which people don't even know about like they cannot even conceive of them so we learned this thing like a palm or a double lift or top change, but these are tech or a pass, but these techniques are so secret that people don't even know that they would exist. So if you don't flash, they're not even ever going to figure it out because they don't even know these things exist. Right. So then already, because they don't know, we're already having multiple layers of a secret. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, Henning Nelms used to say something on his book, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Magic and Showmanship. Mm -hmm. Very interesting, like, uh, like, like, this believing, you know, uh, well, the, the the feeling of magic should be should be um, should be forever, you know, mm -hmm. but like like the deception should be just for for the theatrical concept, you know, a, a context. You know, like if they go home and they really think you have magical powers, you know, 
you have a real problem. So that's why I do like these three statements, you know, of mm, having a secret, because if they know that you as a as mm. as a magician, you know, like this discipline, you need a secret to 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 develop your your discipline, you know, mm. your magic. If they have this, they are going to really appreciate your art. But during mm. during your show, they don't really know even that you have secrets, you know, because mm. if you don't make re any reference to it, it's like, oh my God, you know, it's like, yeah. So, I mean, you can try to reverse this, but mm. that's my conception. My conception is like, I am not a magician. I am, I'm I, an illusionist who performs magic because I found like mm, illusionism, magic, um, Presti or slate of hands, prestidigitation mm -hmm. or slate of hands. They're different. I, I mean, for me, illusionism is it's like something different, you know. But but actually, in the at the end of the day, everything is very related. But the the point of view of the person who who is on the stage, it's completely different, you know. It is the same a magician than an illusionist. And in my case, I recognize myself like as a illusionist who illusionist who performs magic you know so so yeah, yeah but i have i have the same thing i think i already very early said to myself you know what i don't need to have someone believe that this is real and go home believing it's real but i just want them to believe for just three or four seconds that what they've seen is genuinely real magic and that there's no way possible in the world that this could happen and then whatever happens after that happens. But then at least they had that one experience, you know? Yeah. And I think that's like, you told me this multiple times, uh, but that quote with which Anthony Blake ends his show is very interesting because of that. Well, what was it again? The, the what? Sorry. Okay. The quote uh, the, with which Anthony the, Blake. Yeah. Like everything is, um, everything is like the, a, a product of your, of your brain, you know, like mm -hmm. don't, don't overthink it. You know, it's yeah. like, Every, everything is like a product of your of your brain you know like mm -hmm. of you I, I don't know in, 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 in my case I, I i really appreciate you know this quote mm -hmm. because oh my god it's and well, actually, i appreciate the quote as well because it also gives him an ethical reason to add in the show make people believe he can genuinely do it which then, of course, improves the deception. But then at the end, he says, oh, by the way, everything you've just saw is just a product of your imagination, of your brain. <laughs> Nothing is real. You're like, what? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, because at the same time, it's like, huh. Everything is, has been, you know, there's like a bigger structure of the show and everything has been like a, uh, a magic trick what what is going on here <laughs> but at the same time it's also very poetic right because in in life we very often believe in one thing like this, this thing our worldview is true my god is the real god uh, my worldview is the right my political view is the only one that should exist all the other ones uh, the, right? but there's many ways of viewing the world many way and all depending on your situation so in some way it's very poetic because he just made you believe for an hour or two hours that the, the this stuff is real and then all of a sudden he says, by the way, <laughs> nothing is real. And you go like, yeah, but but what? Because now I have a part of my brain that believes, experienced this, that believes this is definitely real. And the other part that says it's not, what is true, right? So, and that's also something that magic can do. It can make us realize that 
all those opinions that we had as a child or as an adult and said, this is true. I can do this. I cannot do this. I'm good at this. I'm not good at this. It makes you question also maybe, oh, but if this is not true, then what's true about those things I thought about myself or the world? Yeah, totally. Well, I, I found like the relation between the, the effect and phenomenon and the three sta mm. it's, it's statements of, uh, for example, improbable, impossible, and incredible. Like mm. that's something that I talk about in my on my book, you know, in Chelsea. Um, very, very similar to to this kind of things that we are mm. talking about because. In, in my opinion, today we we are trying to 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 give people like visual uh, pictures, or we have to to create you know like very very sensitive moments and everything. And it's mm. it's it's okay it's okay yeah you have you you really want to move something inside the spectators, but what do you want to tell them? And no one and, and no one is like uh, as as in my opinion is like. We are very focused on the effect. We are very focused on the methods, mm. but we, we we don't talk about what we really want to talk. So why don't we try to talk about, yeah, how sh how could I express, you know, my idea, mm. my phil phil philosophical, uh, philosophical idea of mm. freedom through magic? Yeah, they are not going to 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 get the idea from my magic, mm. uh, my piece of magic. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. You are trying to express yourself through this piece, you know. So only per people who study your piece of magic, you know, deeply from your your I don't know your book or whatever, they are going to to learn it. When people were listening, you know, uh, Mozart's music or Beethoven, Beethoven's mu music, mm -hmm. they didn't know anything about. Uh, I don't know, for example, for Elise, uh, mm -hmm. piece of music, you know, they didn't know anything. They, they were saying, oh, yeah, it's, it's amazing, one of the most important pieces of music ever. Yeah, but then you read that it was a very important woman in Beethoven's life, and we really don't know anything about uh, about her. Many people mm -hmm. think it, it actually he wasn't uh, Elise, it was Therese, I, um, there are like many theories, you mm -hmm. know. So there's a background. Where's the background in magic? Where is background in magic? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> it has a big background, but I. It seems to me that magic, in comparison to other arts, sort of has this weird idea that we're all chasing after success and fame. And that all magicians just try to outdo each other, which in some ways is true. And um, every magician, when they know a few tricks, they, they print a business card, make a website, start performing, start calling themselves a professional magician. Uh, we go here, we go there. Um, and they haven't learned the tools of the art. They haven't learned how to express themselves properly. They haven't gone deeper. It's just, hey, here's a stripper deck. Here is a Svengali deck. Here is a trick with double lift which you can't do properly but but you can get away with it um okay i can do these three things now i'm a professional magician and i've seen this at like um conventions many times when i was trying to be nice to someone i was chilling with some cool people and there was some guy who asked him to come over and show us something he was like yeah but i can't i don't have gimmick decks on. I'm like what you don't have gimmick decks on you what do you mean like Here's a deck of cards. Show me something. No, no, I can't. They're not gimmick. Dude, 
And then later you see him adding you on Facebook and he's marketing himself as a professional magician. And like professional, you, you, you're like, you're like a carpenter that doesn't even know how to hold a hammer. How can you call yourself professional? You don't even know how to use your tools. And I don't know, man, like the, maybe the problem is with the person, but it's also just a magic. Like we have some culture that we all need to be professionals and we're chasing fame and we want to be famous and well-known. And I think that's also where your problem is coming from because we're much more interested in the reaction that the audience is going to give to this piece than that we're interested in what we're actually saying with the piece. Yeah, but but imagine, you know, someone who, who, who wants to express his inner world, you know, and he's working on uh, his idea of freedom, you know, mm -hmm. his idea of love or whatever. And then he creates the, the, the prepared decks of a deck of cards or the gimmick uh, coin or whatever, you know, and everything is prepared. But there is something behind, you know. But there's some there's a difference between doing that with the intention of I'm gonna do a Svengali deck because this expresses my feeling of love for for example because first of all I see all different different people and thing and then you fall in love but then maybe you break up and then you look around and you see the person that you broke up with everywhere and it just hurts you inside you know that can that can maybe in a, I don't know in a Svengali deck but if you do it with this intention very cheesy by the way but if you mm -hmm. do it with that intention you you can um that's something different but the intention a lot of people do it with today is just saying i want to be famous i want to be be known um and it's just narrating what they're doing you know now you see this card now we cut and now you see all these cards are the same yeah yeah Yeah, there's something as well. Very, for example, uh, there's a magician from a magician from the south of Spain. I think he's from mm. Granada. Well, he still lives in Granada. I don't know if he was born in Granada. Mm. He was called Miguel Aparicio, okay. and he made a present to Miguel Angel Gea. Mm. He gave him Las Dimensiones del Tiempo, Time Dimensions. It's a, a beautiful routine. Okay. You know. And he talks about the present, the future, the past, and, uh, and another an oniric dimension, you know? Mm. And um, this piece of magic, you know, is like very symbolic and it very, mm. and you don't realize that you are in, you are, you know, seeing a, an assembly, you know? It's, mm. it's a totally different thing, you know, very mm. poetic, very, it's, it's mm. beautiful. So it reminds me, you know, like Ren Lavan's uh, magic, you know, it's like very, very strong, very deep. And he's giving you, you know, uh, a way, you know, uh, how he, he sees, you know, life and his mm. points of, of view. And yeah, of course he, he, he wanted to, to say, you know, like, look, I'm an artist. I'm not a magician. Mm -hmm. I'm an artist. So that's why secret is important for me. And But it was like, oh that's my also God. That's the question then. Like, do we say we're not magicians because a lot of people have degraded the name magician to such a thing that it's a joke? No, actually not. The only problem is... Um, this is going to sound very radical, radical you know, but mm. it doesn't happen with English. But, for example, with the Spanish, Spanish uh, comes from Latin, you know? Mm. Um, 
at the same time, Latin comes from Etrusco and other mm. Indo-European languages, you know? So this kind of languages, every single word, you know, <laughs> has like different, different parts, you know? Mm. And the meaning of the words are very important because of the evolution, the meaning, the symbolism of the words. So the meaning of magic, you know, as a discipline now has a connotation, mm. you know, that Actually, uh, in French, is uh, la magie blanche. In Spanish, la magia blanca. In in English, it would be the white magic, yeah, because black exactly. magic it's related mm -hmm. to, to to something to dark and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, prestidigitación. Mm -hmm. You know th this word. Presti means uh, uh, like the speed. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, digital, di, digital is like the fingers, you know, it's like uh, mm -hmm. fingers moving very fast, you know. So, this word was used uh, for, for actually for French magicians, you know, in the, in, the, um, in the past, you know, for this kind of magicians who used to travel around Europe doing manipulation because they, mm. they had like very fast fingers and they could hide coins, uh, cards, balls, whatever, cigarettes. Mm. So in my opinion, it's very important to, to give, you know, words, mm. you know, a good meaning. So that's, that's why I, sometimes I get so angry, you know, with some postmodernist people, you know, it's like, mm. get out of here, motherfuckers, you know? <laughs> it's Don't like- use this word because this word offends me. Yeah, every everything is everything is um, ab about feelings. And mm. what about real <laughs> reality? You know, what about the reality? So, so yeah, if if people feel, you know, like yeah, this this magic trick is very powerful because this this is, yeah, but there's an anticlimax here, and an anticlimax is when you have two effects, and the 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 first one is more powerful than the second one and you don't have any motivation in the in the drama in the in the effect exactly. or, or whatever and 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 yeah but but i like it because i feel i feel better doing it like this okay you like it but mm, <laughs> please <laughs> it's it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with, with, with me you know mm. so maybe it's a different conception uh but i am very grateful that ascanio put it all, all these things you know <laughs> on the table you know yeah, but it's a good thing to think about because it's saying, yeah, I feel better doing it. Like, it's like, yeah, do you feel better or do you just feel more comfortable doing it? Because that's the same problem with, with changing all those words. It's just that I don't feel comfortable with this word. Well, maybe instead of saying people shouldn't use it, you should discover why you feel uncomfortable with it. Because apparently because of your uncomfort, there's some reason in you. Uh, there's something either wrong with you or there's something that you're not facing. Let's put it again. Like there's something you're not facing, which you maybe should deal with because it makes you a better person, teaches you more about yourself. So rather than, than to say, this is, yeah, I feel uncomfortable, just face it, you know? You're, yeah. you're, you're going to learn something from it. It's not going to turn out bad. It's also what Joseph Campbell says. He says, the, the cave which you fear most holds the treasure you seek. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I'm I'm not 
I'm not here to talk about, for example, politics or to talk about um, football or to talk no, no, about. No, but but let, let's but, say but, magic. But, that's that's the same way, right? Because yeah, yeah. So, so sorry, go go, Anna, and then I, I will. Oh, go my... go, you go. Sure. Yeah, go. Okay. What what I wanted to say it's like I'm not here to talk about politics, football, or or other things, you know. But mm. in my in my in my in my um, conception, you know, mm. I I designed a system of of a thinking system, you know. Mm. So I try to organize my my ideas, you know, and I tr and I try to transmit uh, uh, these ideas in a in a way. So if mm. I if I for example in in my book Chelsea. I say, in my opinion, it's better to do better, uh, good magic than finding a name about if we are doing uh, something that it's art or it isn't. Mm. Because if we if we if we don't do good magic, it is it is an art for sure, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, of course, of course, you are the shitter. <laughs> yeah, but in so, some way, that's also where you draw the line for art, because you could also say that a child drawing on a piece of paper could be art because it's completely original. Yeah, it's good art. That's a different conversation. But yeah, so um, I say that because. The same, the same argument, you know, the, the same thinking system is applied in, in my life. So mm -hmm. what I think of magic is because what I wanted to transmit, you know, what I wanted to share, I, I, I thought, you know, or I felt that it would be better transmitted through magic. Because sometimes mm -hmm. I take I I take my guitar and I write a song. Sometimes I just write uh, a poem or just uh, a story. I'm I'm trying to I'm working now in a novel, you know, mm -hmm. and I I'm writing a book and it, it isn't related to magic. It is it's totally different, you know. So mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I I feel I really want to do like many different things, you know. So when when I have some arguments with people, you know, I I used to live in a in a commune, you know. Mm -hmm. You know what it is? Mm. A communist in a house with many, many people from different places. And the first rule in, in there was like, you can have all your or your causes, you know, like they were people who were like anarchists, they were people uh, who, who were like super feminist, super blah 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 blah. But the first rule was like forget everything you have in, in your mind and try to be a good person. Mm. So this is, you know, the resume of of my of my conception. Like, mm -hmm. try to do good magic, and then we will see if 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 we are able to do good magic, then we will see if we are able to 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 go farther. But first of all, try to do good magic, please. Mm -hmm. Don't don't duck with me, you know. Don't duck with me because it's very easy to 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 say, look, you don't have you don't follow any system. Mm -hmm. So this is this is very poor. So, so in my is, opinion, what is good magic to you then? What is good magic for me? That's a good question. So first of all, I think this is not like what is good magic, what isn't good magic. For example, if I ask you, this is like when you study law, you know, laws, you know, I, I was in the first year of the university and the professor said, is it a good thing or a bad thing killing someone else? You know? And the silence came, you know, to, to the <laughs> class. <laughs> and someone said, you know, like, depends. And the, the professor said, 
depends on what mm. self defense or whatever you know so there are like many 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 things so what i what i'm saying here it's like you you grab a, a you watch a magic video you know of a magician mm -hmm. performing if this magician defends that it's art i'm going to ask him that's very easy you know uh, or or good magic or whatever but if he mm -hmm. says this is art i'm going to say okay what is art for you okay forget mm -hmm. magic but what is art for you for example velasquez painting or picasso's paintings okay do you really think you can compare your magic act with that <laughs> yes okay uh let's talk about the 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 inner life of the of the of the thing you know mm -hmm. you have to develop this 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 maybe the construction ha can be improved you know mm -hmm. this is something that yeah maybe you like more this technique this other but maybe there are something like very objective like look you are doing a technique and there isn't enough space between the this the methods and the resolution of the effect mm -hmm. so you you should put like more space there should be like more space to to do it stronger you know mm -hmm. Let's go with the external life. Here, okay, it wasn't clear because you you mm, these techniques mm -hmm. uh, aren't aren't giving you enough freedom to show this, or you you are not respecting the aesthetic. Order. Let's go with the proposal. What do you want to transmit? And then the cricket, 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 cricket. Nothing. So, do you really think this is art? Do you really think this is good magic? So, my answer is. Good magic, in my opinion, mm. is when you find, you know, good magic appears when you find, you know, the balance mm. between what you want to transmit mm -hmm. and the tools to transmit this mm -hmm. with the minimum, okay, mm -hmm. but being enough. Mm. It means you can be like very baroque, you know. Do you say baroque? I don't know. Baroque, baroque. Like you can you can be like very complicated in the in the in the methods, you know. But 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 trying to trying to transmit what you ha what what you really want to transmit, you know. Mm. If 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 you get out of the idea or you put things that doesn't match or, or whatever. You're 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 putting the tension out of the of the of the middle point, you know. So mm -hmm. so yeah. So in my opinion, that's it can be you know something similar to to good magic. It's difficult to 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 define. No, this is good magic, or but but yeah, because mm -hmm. you have to analyze like concrete examples. You know? Yeah, like what I'm what I'm hearing for you is that you instead of saying this is good magic, this is bad magic you rather look at someone doing this performance and then you look at the different aspects of his performance to rate whether it's good or bad magic. So for example, if we take Ascanio's conception, you're looking at, okay, so how big is the difference between the initial and the final situation? But at the same time, is he using his optimal tools that he has to, to showcase his difference? And then also at the same time, if he's showcasing this difference, is he um, is he using time misdirection correctly, or does it rather become a parenthesis of forgetfulness, which works for him in a negative way, where the audience has forgotten the card and this weakens the effect? 
right? So you're you're rather looking at, okay, we have these tools. Is he using all these tools effectively to create the strongest and best effect possible while also transmitting what he wants to say in the most minimal amount of way? So we're not going to give you an entire five-hour lecture of our opinion about love, but rather we're going to give you one or two sentences which make you think about love in a different way or at least show you a simple way of how I think about love. Yeah, of course. Something that I that I learned from Miguel Angel Gea was um, mm-hmm. from Gabi as well was when someone shares something with you, he's putting on you all his uh, expectations. You know, so he's giving you something what you, important. What do you mean? He's putting onto you all his expectations. I mean, like he he shares this with you because he mm, his confidence. You know, like. He mm-hmm. thinks that you can give him something good, a good reaction. I'm not saying like, hey, I'm going to show you something. It's like, hey, what do you really think? Do you think I can? So he really thinks, you know, he's putting on the expectations like, I think it can be, you know, like affordable. You know, we can, we can find something good here. I don't know if mm-hmm. it makes sense. So, so something that they uh, taught me was like, first of all, try to think with the same system that the other person uh, uses and then compare it with your system so first of all you're thinking you're thinking like the other person thinks and then you're comparing it to to your system and the contrast what you find in the middle is something new and sometimes what what is in in the middle gives you something you know pretty clear about the good things of the other person and your 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 good things you know mm-hmm. and these contradictions, you know, there there's something very funny because Gabby Gabby was, you know, like a a, a master with contradictions. You know, mm-hmm. he was lecturing once. I think it was like the first time or the second time that I saw him. You know, on a lecture. Oh, good one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was lecturing, and he, he got angry, saying, "And I don't know why I got angry. I, 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 I'm getting angry now, but basically, I, I can't stand these people. You know." doing magic, like uh, counting all the time, cars, 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 and I'm, I'm very slow with a rhythm, and they don't know why they, uh, what the, uh, they are looking for, blah, 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 and then it's like, a... so then he, uh, he breathes like this. <sighs> okay, I need to relax. Let's go with another thing. Please, can you name any number, whatever you want? And the, the, the spectator said 28, and he said, 28? Okay, one, two, three, four. (laughs) And we were laughing, like, he was, like, 30 minutes, you know, he he gave us, like, a 30-minute speech, you know, shitting on all these magicians, you know, doing, like, this kind of, and then he asked for a number. It was 28, and, ah, okay, one, two, three, four, five. So, so That's he was also a beautiful presentation because you're doing a counting trick, and your premise of your counting trick is how much you hate counting tricks, right? Yeah, it was it was fucking amazing. Um, uh, but but yeah, he, he was really good with this kind of contradictions because he did it in the way that he would do it, you know, like mm. in a different way, you know, like <laughs> with rhythm, respecting some. Some pictures, you know, like his waitress uh, mm-hmm. theory, waitress th- uh, theory, you know. So. He was just being himself, you know. Hmm. So, so yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> Gabby. <laughs> <Fucking> Gabby <man. laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. And what about you? What do you think? How? Because sometimes I don't know if it happens to you, but sometimes we don't know why, but there's mm -hmm. something that we see in oh that when we read a magic book, in, you you read it and you say, I don't know why, but I think it doesn't work. There's something here that doesn't work. How do you mm -hmm. handle this? Do, how do you? What kind of process do you follow to 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 get you know what what is wrong in the It's difficult because actually reading a magic book, you should always assume that everything in there works and that it's perfect. And that if it doesn't work, you're doing something wrong. And, and then I believe that you could make everything work because if someone had this idea, then it's definitely possible, right? Especially if you wrote down a method. Um, so very often you're, you're doing something wrong. You shouldn't blame the magic book or the person who wrote it down, <laughs> but you should blame yourself which in general in life is a better way of living than blaming everyone else because you're never going to change something. But that aside, uh, I don't know, man. Just, I think for me, a better question would be, this is a good trick, which I want to add to my arsenal or not, you know? Because there's just some things which I read and think, that's cool, that's funny, that's cute. Um, but it's not great. Like I read this, this interesting thing from Percy in a Dutch magazine. He has this Percy Diaconus, which is trick. Or you uh, make like a revolver of playing cards, like a gun. And you have someone yeah. pick a card and they remember this card. And then you take a joker from the table, which you put in the bottom of the of the gun and you flick it. And then their card shoots out of the revolver. Uh, Peter Kane's, uh, yeah. And that's, um, it's a fun idea to read. It's, it's, it's exciting, but it's a cute trick. Like you can already see when the audience sees that there's not much meaning to it. There's not much impossibility, but it's fun. It's cute. Wait, how do you do that? It could be a fun way to find four aces, for example. But that just comes down with experience. If I think of doing things enough for audiences and reading a lot so you can compare it to other things, right? Hmm. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you really read something and you can either see this doesn't work or they didn't think about this, but but I, I very rarely have that. I just always read something assuming that it's perfect. But then at the same time, I want some sort of time frame of history that if I read it, I think, huh, there might be a better way of doing this. And I would look at, okay, so this is was so this book was written in 1950. A better move would be this move, which was developed in 1970, got published for the first time at least. So then I can safely assume that the method I came up with or the move I officialized with this routine might be a better way to do it. Because the author did simply didn't have access to the move. I might be wrong, but that's my audience is, is therefore to decide that. So I would very often just take a trick from a book. If, if, I, if I like the idea, if I like the concept, if maybe it expresses something that I like and I see myself performing it. And I just go out, perform this trick first, exactly as it was written, because then I can learn from it. And there's definitely lessons interwoven within the trick. Then I can see, well, for me, it would work better to do this or this or this, right? So if we're looking at Scanio's uh, structure for learning magic, right? Like we're first, first we're reading the effect, then we're practicing the effect. And then for, for, for me, I sort of, then of course I go to reading it again and to then practice, do the corrected practice. 
but then I sort of go out to perform and then I sort of go back into the structure of reading it again and doing this corrective practice because I'm going to think, well, how could I do it? And that keeps looping on until at one point I think this method works best for me. And then of course I go to the, um, to the mastery phase that Scandia talks about or the perfect the phase for perfection. And then like where you, where everything becomes second nature, the better, the, 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 the techniques you don't have to think about anymore. You can be fully present with your audience until at one point you have perfected the routine, which is very rare because Scania said he has like four tricks like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's something interesting as well about trying someone else's material, you know, like, because... For example, when I was reading uh, Dave Campbell's material, you know, oh it, was, yeah, it was like, yeah, I, I, I've never, you know, you, uh, I, I thought like I wouldn't use this technique, you know, ever. Uh, but, but I knew, you know, it could work. And actually, I knew it, it worked because... Dude, the technique he uses, for example, in the cards across. I mean, when you read it, you think like, wow, that's pretty difficult to do, but it's perfect. Yeah, of course. That, that's what, that's where, where I go. It's like everything is performable there and everything is... When, when you read it, you really know that he was performing everything in life, yeah. you know? And it's... Which is something you don't necessarily have with Marlowe. Um, when you read Marlowe, you think, well, well, maybe he just came up with this and put it in, in writing. Yeah, maybe he, <laughs> someone else uh, told him, I had an idea. And he said, okay, what idea? <laughs> yeah, have you ever tried? No, I don't care. I'm going to. No, 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 nothing. I didn't say anything. The, the, this no this is nothing yeah this is nothing i mean of course we can never know that for sure but... yeah but but i mean like you know like looking at that like uh, from the perspective i think you could also sort of see by how well seasoned the trick is whether it was just thought up by someone and to uh, just written down like by the amount of subtleties that there's in there because very often, if you go out performing, you come up with all these kind of subtleties which will make the effect better and stronger. Where if you just do it for yourself, you don't have that so much. There needs to be a combination between uh, actually rehearsing the trick, performing the trick, and just doing it. Like you need to have make some time with it rather than just coming up with it and that's it. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. There are like many examples of this. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, many, many. In your opinion. What's your, what's the, like, the most clear example of these kind of things, you know, like? Um, well, one of my favorite tricks in magic is uh, the time machine by Roy Walton. But I think if you see Roy's version of the time machine, it's, it's, when you read it, it's just sort of like, you had this idea for this trick, time machine presentation, awesome concept. He wrote it down. But then you read Card College and you see Steve Freeman's version, which is a perfect comparison to it. Same trick, but Steve added all these little details. Like like you said, we're going to use an ace of spades and we're going to introduce this ace because 
It's difficult for an audience to remember two cards, but they have to. But if we use the ace of spades, first of all, it's visual. It's very easy to remember. And if we introduce it and put some time between it, they're going to remember this card. Second of all, rather than just taking the second card, we're going to do a selection because people will think, well, people will remove the option of a duplicate card from their mind because they just pick this card themselves. And then if we look further at the effect, we see that uh, Michael Skinner then has some touches to, to clean the effect up, which is fucking beautiful. And um, did, you, did you ever see that touch? Skinner? Yeah, yeah, we were we were talking about about it like some, some months ago. It's fucking beautiful. And then 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 you see like okay, so Skinner had even more hours with this trick because because Roy he gave us the the the, the blueprint, but, right? But comment, com comments for the people who 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 don't know the the touch if you want. Sure. If you so so if you don't know the time machine, that's your problem. <laughs> Well, try to describe it very, very well because many people is going to to listen the audio and they are not going to to watch the video. So try to describe it a little so bit. Basically, time machine. We have the ace of spades on top, which yeah. you turn face down. Then someone's a stop in the deck, right? So you remove a card, like let's say for example the four of hearts, which you then put into the center, but you leave it out jacked, right? Mm -hmm. And you tell them. You turn over the top card, ace of spades. You tell them, watch this moment very carefully with the four out jacked and the ace on top. As you push it in. It's very important in a bit. Now, are you ready to go back in time? You have the whole presentation. They say yes. You turn down the ace of spades on top, which you then put into the center. And as you just twist the ace, leaving it out jacked, you then show them that it's turned into the four of hearts, which you, of course, put in this in the middle in the beginning and then back on top there's the ace of spades effectively having traveled back in time well usually the effect is stopped here and the cards are just taken out and turned down but what michael skinner did is he with his right hand he touched the four of hearts on the corner and then with his left thumb he pushed the ace of spades on top which is face up against the base of the right thumb and because it's overlapping, as he takes out the four of hearts from the center and he goes up, those cards turn over simultaneously. Right? So in speed, it sort of it sort of looks like this, which I think is freaking beautiful because we just, it's such a simple touch of turning down those cards. But yet again, it's like, it's like so simple. It's, it's just Lap. really nice. <laughs> a beautiful way, a lapping way, you know? <laughs> method yeah that's but that's just that's just like like some of those seasoned touches right the where you can where we can we can really say you know um roy came with the example but then later steve and then michael skinner they they finished it up yeah yeah definitely i think he's is really nice. I think we should we should mm, talk about uh, one day because in the quarterlies uh, magazines in the first volume, Helder mm. Kimaris has a an, an essay about uh, time matching. Very good argument. Yeah, and he talks about this kind of details. Um, but I yeah. I really believe it's like a it's a genuine small miracle. And if if I want to show someone something very special, I just show them this trick because. Always at the end, people are just sort of staring at you, and they 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 were left in disbelief. Like, what the? That's no, that's, <laughs> you know. 
Yeah, I, I have a uh, loving, hating relationship with this effect because I used to perform it. Because I used to perform it, you know, like many, many times, and uh, suddenly I, I, I just realized that it was giving me more, you know, that I was, you know, dedicating to 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 perform it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was thinking, oh my god, that's so selfish, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said get out of my life you know <laughs> so that's why i stopped doing it no but 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 then i i took, I took it again way, because i mean i suppose that also the mona lisa is giving her much more than it took to make it yeah yeah just yeah. like david probably yeah um yeah well for example then i saw i saw ryan plunkett's version do you know his version uh, i I vaguely remember seeing it, but I don't really remember it. Yeah, I, I thought it was like interesting. Is it with a with the packet? The what? It's like a packet version, right? Like a packet trick version of it. Oh, like the time matching version. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's the whole deck, and there are like three three things. You know, like the bottom card, the middle card, and the top mm-hmm. card. You know, they're like and. Um, it was very interesting, very very interesting. Of course, it's he has a very nice handling and everything, and it's cool. But when when I when I watched the video, I I I I had that conversation with myself, <laughs> saying, "Okay, I think it's 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 the moment to to retake this time machine by by Steve Freeman because." Mm-hmm. Because for me, Ryan Plunkett's version was like losing what time matching has, you know, like simplicity. Obviously, Ryan Plunkett's version is really nice because he can do it because it's really, really nice and and it's beautiful, you know, it's conceptual and it's a, a very good exercise of, you know, of well, it's very, handling it's and very clever also, pictures. You know? Yeah. But but yeah, it's the simplicity of the original version is like mm. superior of anything else. <laughs> yeah, know? definitely. Yeah, not not Taliho, superior. 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 <laughs> what about bicycle though? <laughs> I my favorites are Taliho. Or uh, Taliho or, or Pietnik. Well. <laughs> 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 this is this brand to uh, to cut your drugs or no oh, Pietnik is the brand half sensor you see us. <laughs> I'm joking. Where did you find it? In some Dutch store, but they're actually made in Austria. So if you go to Vienna, you should also be able to buy them. Are they good? Eh. Not really. These are these are poker size. I think they well, they're they're okay. They're the kind of shitty like this, but the finish is kind of interesting and the quality still feels good. But they're, they're just really not that smooth. So I guess doing pressure fan and uh, sort of works, but not very nice, you know. Very clumpy. Hmm. On the other hand, they're 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 sort of nice to do doubles with. So your seconds. Yeah. 
Have you, have you ever had a Pavo Real deck on your hands? A what? Pavo Real deck. You know, like the Spanish Fournier deck. You know, like the best deck yeah. ever. But I had this, I had Fournier in my hand, but not the one you say. I think I just had the one with the plastic finish, which which feels and handles like a plastic card. But it, but if it falls in water, it's still fun. <laughs> that one. Uh, the others were like insane, you know, like really. Yeah, because I I tried a, a Pavo Real deck and uh, like some years ago and. Uh, it was interesting because you could add like three or four cars in the deck mm. and you could fill the deck like a single deck. Like an it was really? it was like yeah, yeah, it was like I don't know, and many people say like mm, Spanish magicians uh, improve their handlings mm. because of this because of the quality of the of these decks. You know are they are they still being made? No, no, they stopped making it. Um, and actually, they it was, you know, like, for example, do you see this number, number nine? Mm-hmm. This is like the, like the design or, you know. So mm-hmm. Power Real was something inside um, Fournier, you know. So mm-hmm. it was like a design. Um, and we have like a, the 505, you know, in, in Fournier. But now they are like very, very, very hard deck. Um, I like it, but not that much. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but it's at least cool that you guys have a deck like that and that you sort of have a deck which is handleable and looks nice that people are familiar with because we don't. <laughs> yeah. So, well, the design of the back is it's nice. I love it. I actually love it. And the jokers uh, are really are cool. nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have like this deck has like three jokers. Mm-hmm. The design of them are uh, equal, but one of them has like the worst of jokers with in red instead of black. But mm-hmm. yeah, but they are very very nice. Um, yeah, I, I really like it. But they should, I don't know, improve a couple of things. Um, yeah, but in my opinion, Taliho is. For me, it's like something, something completely different. Teleho, man, because I feel bicycle dropped their quality. Teleho, not really, you know. Still, Pharaoh, wonderful. They handle very well. They're, everything is amazing with them. Yeah. And then, yeah, so. they're more expensive. Yeah, they're like one euro, which is totally worth it because it's also going to last you a week longer. So what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, well, I, I found, I found when I, when I was living in 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 England that. Buying Talihos in in England was even cheaper than buying bicycles in Spain. Really? In England, Talihos are two fifty. Pounds or pounds? Yeah, that's good. It's like like it's like three seventy five euros or three euros depends on the on the. Yeah, right uh, now, it's definitely yeah, three euros. But... Probably yeah, but but yeah. Um, yeah, for me it was crazy because I used to go to international magic shop, mm-hmm. and I had a very good relationship because I think I was like the the most usual kind, you know, customer in there. Really? Yeah, actually they loved me because I was buying books every every um, every month. Or I, I was a go- great shop, man. Yeah, I mean the the thing is, mm, past a uh, time. <laughs> 
was different, you know. But but yeah, they were like, "Can I help you?" And I was saying, "I was I I, I would like to 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 buy a new book." Okay, okay. This is a new book, and they were showing me they were showing me you know like new books, you know like mm -hmm. the new things. No, no, no. A new book for uh, I, I want to to grab something that I I, I haven't read, you know, but not a, an actual book, you know, a, a, an old one. I was like, oh, okay. Do you have this one? Yeah. Have you read this one? Yeah. Have you ever? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was quite difficult. Uh, and then after this, they decide to to put like all stuff there, and it was amazing because they have mm. like a lot of stuff there. Um, actually, they they have like many many things, but but the thing is, I've been living in London for six years, and I've been buying them books, you know, like every month or sometimes like three books per month or something like this. Um, buying deck of cards. I mean, every time I go back to London, I go back to international magic shopping. Yeah, actually, I I I'm planning a trip to London to grab my my things because now I'm in Spain and I have to to take my things. I have mm -hmm. some some stuff from a friend's attic. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I really want to go there and, and get some things because yeah, they were very nice with me. Um, yeah, um, I mean a lot of a lot of things there, you know. Pick up some good things for the library in Vienna. Of course, of course, <laughs> guys. In, in in a year, we are well. We shouldn't say that, but I'm gonna say it. We are planning to move to to Vienna in a year, something like that, or one and a half a year. And we are working on on the licenses to to create like a document a document uh, fuck library. documentation yeah like a documentation center. Like a, a kind of library, but for people who wants to investigate to, to do the references for their books. So, um, so we want to 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 do it on physical, you know, like having the place and virtual as well. So we are working on it, and, um, and yeah, I think it can be a, a good a good thing. It can be very useful for magicians who want to definitely. You can yeah. also just come down there, get a membership. And then, of course, if you want to study something, just, just go there, read the book, study the effect. Or you can even use it for crediting or send us a message like, hey, um, this and this effect, could you send me photos of the pages? I could probably do that. And then you could see if it matches with something you came up with or not. I think having said that, though, this is a good place to, to end the episode. Yeah, definitely. So thank you so much. See you next week. Thank next week guys. we have something interesting. Let's see if we can handle it. We are not going to say anything for the moment because we are closing the time. People who are going to be with us. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see if we can manage everything. So that being said, if you enjoyed the podcast, please consider sponsoring us on Patreon. We, uh, um, yeah. we have some very interesting stuff going on on Patreon. Also, a second special podcast on Patreon, sharing our own thoughts. Share us on share us on your media. Give us a like. Give us a rating. That really helps with the podcast. Also, you know what? Feel uh, feel free to follow us on Instagram. Send us to your friends. Send us to your mom, to your dad, to your grandma. Your grandma will definitely love us. I mean, look at us. Um, and uh, that being said, uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. I'm single. Yes, Grandma, he's single. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>